ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Good morning. Happy Saturday to all of you. Hope you all had a wonderful 4th of July holiday. Celebrating independence. Independence. Hope you don't just think it's a day off and you don't consider what the 4th of July was all about. And uh, some of this show that July 4th uh, was inspired as a result because uh, uh, I look at where we're going uh, as a country and it is incredibly infuriating but the reality is that most people many of you listening don't even see it you become complacent you don't think it's a big deal and so i'm going to bring up some things today that i think are pretty doggone significant and maybe if i'm lucky maybe just one or two of you however many thousands of people or millions i'd love it to think uh, are listening to this, maybe one or two of you will change your thinking and and do things a little differently. <clears throat> so the title of the show is How to Purchase Your First Home. Well, that sounds interesting. What does that have to do with any of this? Well, listen on, grasshoppers. It's uh, going to become apparent uh, what I'm talking about. Um, and, you know, that said, you know, it's a financial show. Cover your assets. I often say that the home that you live in uh, is not an investment. In fact, if you consider your net worth, your assets minus your liabilities and where you are financially, having nothing to do with how much income you make, always want to make that point, uh, I tell you that, that the home that you live in should not even be included in that formula, even though I do know that when I sell my home, what it's worth versus what I owe will net me money uh, in the form of net worth. However, however, that's assuming that you're going to sell that home and you're going to go live somewhere else in a lesser home or you're going to go and rent somewhere, which may only happen once or not at all for some people. And so in terms of growing your financial net worth, I don't believe that's even a good barometer or marker. Nevertheless, it, it is included in, you know, when a bank asks you for a personal financial statement, PFS, uh, they do want to know assets and liabilities for the most part for a lot of people. It makes up the majority or certainly a large part of whatever their financial strength is, that being their net worth. And I am well aware of that. If not for, as I say, if not for people's retirement accounts and if not for their home's equity, they'd have nothing. That's the way it is for most people. You know, maybe you got 10, 20 grand in the bank or something. And, you know, I, I also know that as I just said what I did, that alone makes me sound arrogant and can alienate and frustrate people. And I will say that I've never shied away from the notion that I, uh, 
irritate and frustrate people. In fact, if I'm abrasive on the radio, I kind of like that. And if you're sitting there listening to me ready to change the channel because it pisses you off, I love it. Because I'm trying to get you to listen. I'm trying to shake you up. I'm trying to smack you in the face once and listen. Because if I don't, it's just a bunch of jargon and you're out in the ocean treading water going nowhere. And you're not really listening. You hear, but you don't really listen. Or maybe you listen, but you don't really hear. So I'm trying to get you to actually hear what I'm saying. <clears throat> because if you don't, you do go through life just treading water. And it kind of reminds me of the, the movie The Matrix where we're all hooked up to a machine and basically it's our life's energy that powers the world and we are just in a dream state all the time. And sadly, that that seemingly is somewhat what we're, what we're becoming, really sad. <clears throat> but... The reason that I know, even though I say that a home that you live in should not be considered your wealth, nor should your qualified retirement account, you should be doing things outside of that, and that's how you should measure your wealth, and I'll, I do mean that. Nevertheless, I know how pathetic the average American's finances are when looked upon that way. I mean, take all the people in America and all of their assets... And all of their liabilities. So you take the assets and you pay off the liabilities. But we do not count their retirement account or the equity they have in their primary home. How how much or how sad would it be to look at what the average American has left after that? Wow. Does that not alarm you? Is that not jarring? Because it sure is for me. So... <clears throat> In the entire metro area, last year, as a matter of fact, I said that St. Paul, according to the census, which, remember, is always delayed, uh, said that of all the house, houses in St. Paul, 51% are occupied by, by tenants. Renters. Renters. 51% are tenant-occupied. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's the way it is becoming everywhere in the entire metro area. Anoka is 49% tenant-occupied. I'm talking about Bloomington. I'm talking about wherever you live. Man, is that is that a bad thing? You better believe it's a bad thing. <clears throat> so, you know, I want... Uh, uh, it, it's not become a thing. You know, when I grew up, it was a thing. Everybody wanted to own their own home. Today, that's become somewhat of a pipe dream for a lot of people. And so I'm going to talk about buying a home, and I'm going to try not to be an arrogant prick on the phone, uh, on the radio and not talk down to anybody by in the way that sometimes I do. And please forgive me for that. Um, I'm going to say that this purchasing your first home or, or maybe just making the decision to purchase your first home could very likely be the most significant financial decision you will ever make. <clears throat> and and that means that you have to position to do it, if you want to do it. Um, and you have to make that decision in your mind. And I don't care if you're sitting out there and you're making minimum wage and you have zero dollars saved, struggling just to put food on the table at your little rental that you're living in, or maybe you're living in your parents' basement or you're living in, in living with your family or whatever. I don't care. 
because it's all about a decision. Everything in life is about a decision. Once you put yourself on a path, it honestly becomes easy. And then whatever it takes to do it becomes utterly irrelevant because you're just going to do it. But actually making that decision, not looking back, not saying, well, maybe woulda, coulda, shoulda. I'm not sure. Let me think about that. Let me talk to some of my dumb friends who don't know any more than I do. No, no. I mean, make a decision. I mean, put on that blinker, change lanes, and from here on out, this is where we're going. When you make that decision and you start positioning and pointing your life in that direction, everything changes. And I'll I'll say this. When you own nothing, the least of which your single family home, you have no anchor in your life unless you have other designs on building your personal finances and wealth. So, you know, if you said to me, I'm going to buy investment properties before I even waste time worrying about buying my own single family home. (laughs) I actually think very highly of that. But see, for most of you, you'll never do that. And if you don't first own your single family home, you'll never consider building a business or buying investment real estate. That will never happen. And so fundamentally for a lot of you, you've got to walk before you can run. And so fair enough. So let's look at what are the things, what are the steps, what are the what are the reasons that I want to do that? And the, I guess, other point is that the home is the anchor. It gives you stability and security. I, I'm not a huge advocate of being hell-bent on trying to pay off your home. But I do know why people do it. And I've brought this up many times. I grew up on a farm. And the idea that the farm was paid for, had no loan, no mortgage, no financing, was a, a thing to be celebrated. It was a thing to be have great pride in. And I think it still is. Because it is the attainment of a goal and an objective. And the good news is nobody can push me out of my home because I own it. I own it. Less the godforsaken government we live in. I own it, and nobody can push me out of it. And I understand the strength and stability that that gives a person in other areas of their lives. But when you don't have that, and and look, you know, could you take equity from the home you live in, use it to invest in real estate, and if done properly, because the investment real estate that you buy yields much higher returns than the home you live in ever will, The answer is yes, that absolutely could be true. But if the alternative is you don't own a home at all, you don't own an investment property, well, then let's go back to item number one and let's buy our first home. A lot of people want to buy homes in Florida as VRBOs, investment properties, Arizona, Nevada, wherever, Sanibel, wherever. And the reality is they don't really want investment properties. They want a second home and they just want somebody else to pay for it. And that... That's irritating to me because I'm all about making money. I don't care about your sensibilities. I don't care about your, what, your passions and your fulfillment. I just want to make money. I'm, I'm one of those. But <clears throat> at least if that motivates you to buy a home in Florida that you wouldn't have otherwise done, and it is an investment property, even though you want it to be your second home and just have somebody else help you pay for it, it still beats the heck out of the alternative of doing nothing, doesn't it? And so I'm I'm down with that. I'm okay with that. 
And this is maybe not too dissimilar from that, not unlike that. So if I'm going to buy my first home, I want to understand that uh, financial independence begins with the ownership of your own single-family home. It, it really does. And, you know, I'll, I'll draw out a conversation I just had with a client yesterday, and it just kind of came out of me um, because... Because I, and I've, I've said this before, I'm sure I have. Good Lord, I repeat myself over and over again. But it, it was about the fact that you have to strive for independence. And many of you are old enough to have your own children. Either those children are young or they're teenagers or they're adults or whatever. And the thing that is interesting to me is that Zig Ziglar, I believe, said this. I can't recall, but I think so. And I love this guy. Love that guy. I listened to him when I was in the in the depths of despair. Uh, my wife with cancer, my little boy born with cerebral palsy, starting out as a young man. And man, did I need motivation! And man, did I need inspiration! And he gave it to me, even with that serious, serious Southern drawl. Uh, I, I came to love the guy, and he said this. He said, "When you love someone." You don't do what makes things easiest for them, but instead, what is best for them. Wow. Wow. So, you know, if that's your children, uh, just stop and, and ruminate on that. You don't, when you love someone, you don't do what makes things easiest for them, but instead, what is best for them. In other words helping them fix their problems is not almost without exception, not what's best for them. More likely you see that as what's best for you. Why? So you can exercise control. No, I don't do it because of that. I do it because I love them and I want them to love me and I don't want them to forget me. And when they need help, I want them to know they can come to me. And then when they do, and I help them, then I can try to influence what they do. Yeah, you understand what that is, right? Control. You understand that that's exactly what the government wants to do, right? You do get that, right? You do get that. So the less financially independent you are, the more easily you can be controlled and this is why everything is being run and controlled by the government so that they can exercise control. What does financial independence have to do with, with that? Everything. Absolutely everything. Financial independence has everything to do with individualism and a free individual society. Because when you are strong financially... You cannot be easily controlled because you don't need anybody. See, you don't need the job you have. It isn't that you stop going to work. It's that I don't need to. I, I do it because I want to do it or I do it because I, in, I really enjoy it. I don't have to vote a certain way to keep something going. I don't have to uh, ask someone for something because I am strong financially. That's what financial independence is. 
And don't you for a minute waste your time arguing with me about it because it's absolutely true. I'm not asking you whether you believe or agree with me. I'm right. And if you don't agree, you're wrong. It's that simple. So the underpinning of a free society is the ownership of physical private property. And that begins with the ownership of your primary home. So whether you seek to pay that home off free and clear, or you just want to own your own home to have your own control so you can put nails in the wall and hang up your pictures where you want, I don't really care. But I want to inspire people to, at the very least, want to own their own home, or I am scared of what's going to happen here in this country. And I see it all around me, and you probably do too, or maybe you don't. So, 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 when you consider buying your own home, what are the first things you need to be aware of? Well, the number one thing is that you're going to have to have some degree of down payment money. You're going to have to have income to demonstrate that you can make the payments. So let's begin with, how am I going to make money? Well, the number one thing is you're going to have to be hell-bent on making, earning more money than it takes you to live so that the delta, the difference between what you bring home and what it takes you to live leaves an amount to be saved on a consistent basis so that you can develop enough for a down payment. Now, ordinarily, when we talk about investment properties, we're talking about 25, 20, 30% down on a property. And the reason that a bank requires that is because they want to know that if you don't make the payments and you stop making those payments, that they can sell that property in its distressed state, which it very well may be because foreclosure, when you don't make your payments in Minnesota, can take a year or more to get you out of that house. So you haven't made payments for a year or more and they have lost their return on their investment all that while, not to mention the fact that by the time they do take that home back in foreclosure, it may be a uh, shell of its former self because you have deferred the maintenance. Why would you invest any money in a house you're going to be leaving and is in foreclosure anyway? And they're going to have to sell that home at presumably less than what you bought it for. And so if they don't have enough money down in the form of equity, well, then they're going to lose money. And so they want to see a strong enough equity position that when and if that happens, they don't believe in you. And by the way, nobody does. Neither do I. Uh, I think from a lot of people, their dream of home ownership results in a nightmare when they lose their home. And it happens a lot. And I lived through it through 2007 and 2012. And I lived through it many times since the, uh, what, the uh, farm crisis of the mid-1980s. So I've seen it many times. And so do I have faith in the average American's diligence to make payments on time and to kill themselves to keep their credit good and all these good things? No, I don't. I know some of you who are listening do have that that uh, consideration or that 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 innate uh, desire to to keep and maintain those things. But I can tell you right now, you might not be even the average. So that's why banks require money down. And if you want to buy your first home, obviously you don't want to be that. 
but you want to, at some point, be able to uh, put an amount of money down that gives the bank consolation that, number one, you know how to manage your money, that you are disciplined and diligent to some degree, that you do know how to save money, spend less than you earn, and you have the capacity to make them more comfortable in providing you with that loan. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. This is about why do you want to buy your first home and how to do it. We'll be right back. Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you can check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, JLN Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. J. Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and J. Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say. In the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Voss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. <clears throat> yeah, I want to go back just for a second on one of the things that I said. You know, I, I, I sometimes beat up the retirement investing, and I want to make something very clear. I believe in that. But see, I don't think that that's enough. See, that's the thing. Most of you, you don't fund your retirement account to the maximum that you can. And today that's about $23,000 per year. And that's for each you and your spouse, if you have one. So I'm telling you, you got to do that. But most of you, you're doing 200, 500 something. And don't get me wrong. 
whatever you do beats the heck out of nothing or whatever less. So more is better, very simply. And I'm not trying to beat you up. And I'm not trying to say in any way that that's a bad thing. But see, the problem for most people is that they don't, they don't see their money making them money. They see their money that they save as simply an opportunity to buy something or to make their life better. But it's not about actually creating anything. And so I want to make a point about this. Poor people. Poor people. Who are poor people? Poor people are the vast majority of Americans. I mean, the vast majority of Americans. And the people who you might think make a lot of the money, I might not think that because I see their finances and I know they don't live very grandiose. So I don't believe that's true at all. Uh, But most people who save money are only saving money for a thing. They're saving money maybe because they want to buy some crap like buy a snowmobile or a boat or something that does not even go up in value, much less produce any income. And those are the things, appreciable assets and income producing assets. That's where the the so-called savings should be. So rich people invest and poor people save. I am saving money only to put money into investments but most people are simply saving money to buy crap. And that's the truth. So if you're that and all your friends and your family are that, well, you're already on the wrong track, but everybody you know and everybody you talk to is a disaster just like you, so you think nothing of it. See? And that's why you go absolutely nowhere. So you have to be conscious that if you want to get anywhere, you have to invest. You have to invest. But see, for most people, when they save money, I make the point they buy crap, and they do a lot of the time. So either they save money to do that, or what else do they do? They pay down debt. They pay down debt, or they put the money in the bank, and they draw off of it to live. But the idea of investing, because they don't understand anything about investing, it all just scares them. You know, the stock market's just a big ripoff. (laughs) and everything else they understand nothing about, not because they couldn't, but because they've never spent any time to find anything about that. It's not like they lack the intelligence. It's not that complicated, but they are conditioned to become, you know, hamsters on a hamster wheel and they go with that plan. And that's why they'll never achieve any degree of financial independence whatsoever. So buying your home is about doing that, about uh, usurping that whole idea. So, you have to spend less than you earn to save money. Now, in today's world, that means that you're going to have to have at least 3.5% down. Let's say 35 to 5% down, whether you do a, you know, a conventional loan or whether you do a government-sponsored FHA loan, Federal Housing Administration. And the things you should know about those low-down payments are that if not for the government, in a lot of cases, subsidizing those loans, then they would never happen. And so when a bank makes a compliant loan, and even if it's conventional, but it is, it is a loan that complies with guidelines 
that generally means that that loan can be sold as a loan portfolio to other financial institutions should they need to do that. And so that gives them, the bank, the financial institution, the confidence to do that. But frankly, if not for these programs that were put out by the government, now I'm beating up the government, if not for these programs, you wouldn't be able to buy a house with so little money down. And the reality is, I might argue that it's not necessarily a good thing. Because the less skin you have in the game, the more easily you can walk away. I want to see you bleed to buy a, a property, to buy a home. I want to see you bleed. I want to go through, watch you go through living hell to do it so that you have great reverence for the accomplishment. Because when you pursue something in that way, it has meaning. But when it's not that tough, because we're trying to water it down to increase home ownership in America, it's pathetic. That's what those programs were instituted for. It won't surprise me if at some day in the near future they all go away. Department of Agriculture, you know, uh, veterans, VA loans, um, FHA loans, all government subsidized to help sad sack people who can't save enough money to buy a home and come up with the 20 or 25% down. That is what it is, by the way. But nevertheless, you're smart. So let's take advantage of it. 3.5% down. Well, you know, even in a modest home, and I believe that your first home should be very modest. You should not look at, at getting the biggest house you possibly can. You should look at buying a home as a first home, which will instead in the future become your first investment home when you walk away from it. That's a very, very important point. It's going to become an investment home when you walk away. And so that first home, you know, let's say it's $200,000. Well, if it's $200,000, how tough is it to figure out that 25% of that is going to be five grand? Or if it's 20% of that, then that means for every $100,000, it's 2,000 bucks. If it's 200,000, it's 4,000 bucks. Now, if that seems like a lot of money, I feel sorry for you. And maybe this is me being an arrogant, you know what, again. But by goodness, you got to be able to do that. And if it's 5%, then obviously it's five grand per $100,000. And if it's $200,000, it's 10,000 bucks. Now that may seem like a tall order for you because you're earning minimum wage. And look, I don't disagree because it's all relative, isn't it? But doggone it, I don't care if you have to work two full-time jobs. My son Aaron has done that for five years. My son Aaron has done that for five years. Two full-time jobs, and he works more than two full-time jobs, more than the 80 hours per week. Well, he needs to get a life. Yeah, well, my son will be able to do what only most of you dream of, and he's going to do it on his own, and I'm not giving him money, and I'm not helping him. I am helping him become more by not helping him. And he's doing these things. So, so can you. And I don't want to hear about all the crap you got going on and all your problems and all your reasons as to why you can't. Buck up. Figure it out. So you come up with that amount of money. Now, the irony is that even if you were to borrow that money from someone else, say your grandparents, your parents, <laughs> I hate this, but even if you were, I want you, even if you did, I want you to understand something. If you buy a $200,000 house, and you just see that home go up, I don't know, let's say, what? Let's say it goes up by 4% per year. Well, what is 4% of 
on $200,000. Because remember, the house goes up in value, not relatable to how much you put into it or put down on it. That house goes up in value based on the total value, whether you have a loan or not. If real estate increases in its value, appreciates relative to inflation, that means that the leverage that you gain on the total home, because you now own it, that alone is going to increase its value by $4,000 per year. Well, holy crap, $4,000 per year, and by the way, it's compounding, in five years when you go to pay that loan off. Holy crap, $4,000, and it's more than this because it compounds, but $4,000 times five years is 20000 bucks. Now, even with the cost of closing in real estate, you will still have enough money to pay off that loan to someone. So although I don't necessarily think this is a great idea, borrowing your kids' money for their first home, you dum-dums, I still know that if there is a financial plan that they could do a cash-out refinance and pull money out and pay off that loan or sell that home and pay that off. So I don't see it as dangerous. And so even if you want to take action today and you want to buy a home because you haven't paid the money off, or you haven't saved the money, rather. I still don't think that's a terrible idea if you're disciplined and diligent enough to keep your grubby hands off of the equity rather than overspending and then pulling money out to pay off your debt. If you're able to do that, it's not a terrible plan. Let's take another break. We'll be right back. Why and how to purchase your first home. has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second-generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also 
You'll find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Welcome back. So we got down payment money. Uh... And we got to figure out how to do that. Spend less than you earn, borrow money from somebody else, create a promissory note, create a plan. Going to pay interest on that money or going to have to delay the interest and it's going to compound over time. But the reality is because of the leverage of the entire home, most likely your down payment money is going to be more than returned to you in the future uh, because of the value of the home going up faster than the interest on the down payment money that you would pay. So I don't see it as a risk, but I see it as a calculated financial plan. And if it's presented in that way, then I'm okay with it. If it's just, we'll give you the money for the down payment parents, that is a complete and utter mistake. Complete and utter mistake. But, you know, I've always said, don't borrow money to family or friends ever, ever. Don't go into business with family or friends ever, ever. Well, I mean, who would you go into business with? I'd rather go into business with a person I just met at a movie than go into business with a family member or friend. Why do I say this? Well, might have something to do with 30 years of experience in business. Might have something to do with that. The fastest way to ruin a friendship is by borrowing money to or from a family or fr- family member or friend. The fastest way to ruin a relationship is to go into business with a family member or friend. Simple. Really easy. Oh, no, Todd, you don't know. Our family's different. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, so now you got to qualify for a loan, which means you got to have income. And you have to have what's known as income capacity, and that is to make the payments on the new loan that you're going to get. And so that income capacity is measured against your gross income, your gross income. 
So imagine that if your gross income is $15 per hour, then your income is approximately $30,000 per year. $30,000 per year. And I, I should make a point here, by the way, if you're feeling like, you know, you're making more money and you feel like things should be getting better and they're not, for a lot of you, you don't understand the the basics of mathematics, or maybe you do and you just don't want to know. That's frankly why most people don't want to listen to my radio show because they just can't handle it. They don't want to hear it. They just don't want to hear it. They just they just they just rather chew bubble gum in the middle of the ocean and go nowhere because they can't handle it. They're too weak to handle it. Look, if inflation runs at eight percent, just so we're clear, and all and your earnings are fifteen bucks an hour. Do you understand that if they were so generous in giving you a $1 per hour raise and you're earning $15 per hour, do you understand that 8% on $15, 8% on $15 is more than your $1 per hour raise? So when you go and buy stuff, you're actually behind after you get the raise. That's the reality. Hey, you make a little more. You make 20 bucks an hour. Okay, so $20 an hour is $40,000 a year in gross income. Remember, we're talking about that for financing a home. And that 8% is $1.60. That's $1.60. So that means that when you get an eight, when you have 8% increase, that means that things are costing you $1.60 more but you got a dollar an hour raise. So before inflation hit at 8%, you were earning more money than you were when inflation did hit and got your $1 per hour raise. Is that clear enough for you? So when you don't understand why it's becoming so hard to qualify for financing today, because our country is going down the tubes, printing money, dumb, dumb government people who couldn't add one plus one. Hey, that's what's going on. So when you go to qualify for a loan, they're looking at your gross income times 0.41, up to 50%. First time home buyer programs can be less than that, but then they give you the latitude to have 10% in long-term debt. Long-term debt are any other debts that you have that will last more than 11 months if you just pay the minimum payment. So even if you're paying more than the minimum payment, trying to pay it off faster, it doesn't matter because in their formula, they will not look at it that way. They'll look at the amount of debt you have, your minimum payments, they will Take that number uh, by 11, and remember, you're paying interest, so all your payment isn't going towards it, and if it doesn't pay it back in 11 months, that's considered long-term debt. Well, that long-term debt is going directly, dollar for dollar, against the monthly payment that you're trying to qualify for in a mortgage payment. So that's why when you go to qualify, you take your gross income, whatever you're earning per hour or annually, if you're if you're uh, salary, and you take it times 0.41 and then take that number and divide it by 12. And that is how much you can qualify in a house payment that will include, that must include, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And based on today's interest rate of 7% plus, that may not be a lot. But it beats the heck out of the alternative, which is to say doing nothing. So you still do it. But remember, for every payment you have, credit card payment, student loan payment, car payment, everything else, that is taking away 
from your capacity to qualify. So before you go and buy a home, you want to try, attempt as best you can to pay down that debt because this will enable you to buy more home and create more leverage with the down payment and the home that you buy. Because even if you have the down payment for the home, if you don't qualify in terms of your capacity, 41% of your gross income to make the payment, well, then you're not getting the loan because of that. So you got to know how you're being looked at to position yourself to qualify in the future. And this is not some long-term plan that's going to take you 10 years. It should take you no more than one to two years. See, but most, most of you are so short-sighted. If it takes more than a two, two months, you lose your, your attention goes away. You sad sack, pathetic people. Come on. As I say, buck up. Let's take another break. And we will be right back talking about why and how you should purchase your own first new home. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security. You've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at JL and Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. Download your copy today at rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. JL and Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. JL and Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. 
You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back for some more abuse. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean in the uh, end, tail end of the, before the last break, that you were buying a new home. I just meant a new home for you, not necessarily a new home. Uh, there's an entire strategy around how to purchase a new home and make that work for you financially. And I'll save that for another time. Undoubtedly, I've covered that in past shows, given that we're, I think, approaching or in our 13th year. So not a big surprise, but nevertheless, didn't mean that. Uh, But you'll note that when I talked about once you make the decision to do this, it will affect the trajectory of what you do. So the example is, that if I'm considering buying a home without any belief or decision that I'm going to try to buy it, buy a home, I go and buy a new car. Well, I have just dramatically and profoundly affected my ability to buy a home based on whatever that payment is and how much that monthly payment will now take away from my ability to buy a home. You know, when you amortize a payment over 30 years, as opposed to a car loan that might be six or seven. That means that the same number that you finance in a home is much less as a monthly payment than it is when you finance that same number in a car. Now, I know a home and a car are different things, but let's say that I could buy a $50,000 home and I could buy a $50,000 car. Well, if the amortization, periodic payments over time for the home are amortized over 30 years, 360 months versus that same $50,000 amortized in a car over six or seven years. Which one do you think is going to have a dramatically bigger payment? Obviously the car. I mean, if you just want to play games without even looking at the at the interest rate. My goodness, $50,000, if we take that 50,000 bucks and we divide that number over 360 months, that's $138 a month. <laughs> wow. But if we take that same $50,000 in a car and we instead, let's say divide it over 6 months, 6 years, 72 months, we're talking about $694, 700 bucks. Oh my gosh. You understand that that means that we can buy almost, well, at least six times bit more house than we can a car value with the same type of amortized loan, 360 versus having a six-year car loan. So when you go and buy a car or you finance anything over a short period of time, it is dramatically impacting your capacity to qualify for a home and its associated payment. Does that hold you back financially? (laughs) Yeah. Could that be uh, 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 something you would look back on 30 years in the future and realize that you would have had hundreds of thousands of dollars more if you had not purchased that new car when you were young? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, see, everybody's so hell-bent on showing everybody else how you're doing financially. And so they can drive their car up to the, to the, you know, the, 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 the party with all their college friends or all of their just got a job friends. 
And that's what happens. That's what they do. So your capacity to qualify for payments is everything. And you know what? After you buy the house, if you want to buy the car, stupid idea to buy a new car anyway. But if that's what you're going to do, at least have a design on buying your first investment property or home first, qualifying for that loan, and then qualifying for the car payment. Because the irony is after you go to get the car, they don't look at it the same way. They don't look at it the same way. Not to mention the fact that the that the home might not diminish your capacity that much. You might still be fine. So always focus on buying a, a, how, a home before buying a new car. Always. All, if you get nothing else out of this whole freaking podcast, wake up and buy your first home first and do not teach your kids. Teach your kids this. Do not buy their first home. God forbid, new car before they buy their first home. Colossal mistake. So we want to qualify for it. Now, the next issue we've got is we've got credit, don't we? Well, credit is ironically not as big a challenge as you might think. Because under these government programs that take into account that average people are are slugs, they only require a minimum uh, credits threshold or tri-merge threshold of 620. That means that they pull three bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Now, mind you, conventional financing may only pull one of the three bureaus, and it would be worthwhile to know that. Uh, but if you're doing an FHA loan, which are easier to get, frankly, because they have that insurance that the government provides makes it easier for the bank to make the loan with less money down. However, you are going to have to have mortgage insurance now, very possibly for the life of the loan. Nevertheless, you can do that with a credit score, uh, throw out the high score, whichever one of the three is high, whichever one of the three is low, and all you need, the middle score, not an average of the three, has got to be 620 or higher. <laughs> that, that is pretty pathetic. If, you, if your credit score is over 620 and that's something you're proud of, you really don't understand how things work very well, do you? And that still allows you to get the best interest rate that exists because most often FHA, VA, and DA loans, government-sponsored loans, subsidized uh, government-insured loans, have a slightly better interest rate than the very best conventional interest rate that somebody with an 800 credit score can get. So that barrier of credit is very much removed. But for some of you, you need to build your credit just to get to a a mid-score of 620 or higher. So can you do that quickly? And the answer is yes, even if you're a colossal screw-up and your credit sucks. But you do have to become responsible going forward if you have designs and you have made the decision that you want to own your own home. You can't be like all your friends who miss a payment all the time and, well, it's not a big deal. Everybody misses a payment from time to time. No, no, they don't. Only you and your silly people who are all screwed up do that. So the reality is once you, when you improve your credit, you will never miss a payment again for the rest of your life. Ever, ever. Now, 
if you want to improve your credit quickly, very honestly, quickly is is a relative term because trying to improve your your credit quickly in two or three months, you know, hire a credit repair company who removes all the crap on your credit score and bang, it goes up 100 points and now you can buy a house, but you never really fundamentally changed how you managed your financial life. So what a surprise in three years, your dream of home ownership is turned into a nightmare because you're now in foreclosure. Gee, what a surprise that is. Is that is that me describing average Americans? Kinda, it is, kinda. Nevertheless, you need to have payment history on your credit card, or, or on your credit that overcomes anything bad or at least creates a credit profile. And so that credit history is best derived from small credit cards by maintaining a low balance ratio of 20% or lower. I don't mean you pay it down every month, pay it in full every month. I mean you maintain a ratio that is slightly below 20% or around 20% and you make minimum payments plus $1 more because $1 more will drive up the score faster and you do history to do that and in a short period of time, a year or two, your credit will go up dramatically. Hope this helps, folks. Sorry to be so abrasive, but I hope you listened. Have your kids listen to this. This is the start of their financial future and their financial success. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. You're listening to 1500 ESPN on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2 Minneapolis.